You're listening to Real Talk, the best podcast to listen to for the latest in entertainment. I'm Larson Seaver, and here in the studio with me, as always, Mike Maroney. What's shaking? Today we'll be talking about HBO's new doc that's catching all the buzz, leaving Neverland, and so much more. Let's get started. Mike, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. I've been having a, <laughs> I've been having a roller coaster every day so far. Really? Yes. Yes, I was. I will be on the news for TMJ4 tonight for playing that Marquette Carillon. So exciting! It's be Tell very me what fun. is the Carillon for the viewers at home who may uh, not know. A Carillon is is sort of like a piano, but instead of having a keyboard in front of you, you have um, it's the same alignment of of notes that a piano has, but instead of a keyboard, it's these wooden mallets that you kind of have to uh, hit with the the insides of your palm or your your hands. And instead of uh, playing the bass notes with your left hand, um, all the bass notes are uh, these foot pedals that you have to um, if you have to operate while you're playing with your hands too. And as you're playing it, it's the bells in the tower of Marquette Hall. Oh yeah. So uh, if you're on Marquette's campus and you hear the bell tower playing a song, it could be Mike. Just picture um, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, and then that's it. Yeah, he's uh, swinging through the towers from, like, pulling rope to rope, um, singing out there. Me and Esmeralda. <laughs> um, I also, special shout out to my parents who's listen who are listening to Real Talk while on the beach in Florida. Oh, that sounds um, lovely. Uh, Hi, Mr. and Mrs. Seaver. <laughs> uh, uh, before we get started, also, I have a funny story to share. Um, so, I was checking for my mail last night and i all i saw in there was a single advertisement and i couldn't really see what it was um so i like reached in to grab it but i was wearing my gloves and so i couldn't pick it up and you know most people would take their gloves off to uh then get a better grip on the advertisement most people pull would it yeah. out um, my brain at seven o'clock at night, but fried from the week, decides if I blow on the advertisement, it will fly up a little bit enough so that I can quickly grab it. Uh, it did not fly up, but what you did see for the lucky few that were in the lobby got to witness was me head in the mailbox going. <laughs> I think on, on seven o'clock on a Thursday night, your relationship with the laws of physics was not at its peak. Oh, uh, I I was tr- I was thinking if anyone asks, I'll just play it off as oh, there was some dust in my mailbox. <laughs> Dusting <laughs> off your day old mail. <laughs> I haven't been to that mailbox in a millennia. <clears throat> All right, go moving on. Uh, I. Uh, Wanted to bring up this documentary. It's been all over the news. Um, and so this morning I was like, you know, I'm not doing anything at work, so I'm going to start it. Um, I'm about halfway through. It's a two-part documentary. I'm about halfway through of the first part. It's called Leaving Neverland on HBO. And it is literally these um, two guys who are um, sharing their stories of how they were sexually abused by Michael Jackson. Whether it's true or if it is just complete, like we're just trying to defame him, 
there there is a lot of debate and question of what is the legitimacy behind the stock. Um, most people are choosing to believe it, and as a result, many uh, radio stations in Australia are um, not playing Michael Jackson's music. Still, a lot of uh, radio stations in the rest of the world are like, we're still going to play his music. Um, and then uh, it was just announced this morning that uh, the the creators of The Simpsons have pulled the episode in which Jackson starred in um, from circulation. So it definitely, wow. this documentary has not gone under the radar, um, especially like H- especially also because it's on HBO. So it's not just some documentary that, like there are a lot of Netflix that just kind of get through that you never hear about, but um, yeah. HBO usually does a good job of when they have a documentary, they're going to tell people about it. Um, and and people know the, about it. the bejesus out of it too. Yeah, because HBO has money. Lots of it. That's <laughs> said. Finding number one. I. I now. I kind of. I remember seeing an ad for it, but I thought you meant the Peter Pan Neverland. Uh no, like, that oh, would be <laughs> Finding Neverland. Finding Neverland, and this is Leaving Neverland. Yes. Um. I. I really do think uh, it's a clever title. Um, yeah. And I. But I'm surprised that, like, I mean, because this, this was a huge thing back back when, like, it was a thing. So I'm surprised that there's um, there's only two people that, it's only two people that the documentary is about? Uh, yeah, as far as, I've, as far as I've seen so far. Um, mm. We're going to play a cl- quick clip from the trailer. Um, actually... Uh, keep talking. I might actually. I think I'm gonna pull up like an actual clip from um, the doc. Um, yeah, I, I'm just to finish the thought. I'm surprised that there's only two people. Uh, maybe this will um, instigate people to uh, or empower people to step forward themselves. That maybe there's more that um, want to tell their story about it. That had had. Um, interactions with michael jackson but uh here i'm surprised there's only two right now yeah here is the trailer to leaving neverland everybody wanted to meet michael or be with michael and then he likes you i was seven years old michael asked do you and the family want to come to neverland we drive in and you forget about all your problems. You were in Neverland. It was a fantasy. The days were filled with magical childhood adventure experiences. Playing tag, watching movies, eating junk food, anything you could ever want as a child. It's like hanging out with a friend that's more your age. Just kid things. They were just doing kid things. He just came across as a loving, caring, kind soul. It was easy to believe that he was just that. Out of a storybook, right? Out of a fairy tale. Hello, Wade. Today is your birthday. So congratulations. I love you. Goodbye. There's no thoughts of this is wrong or anything like that. He told me if he ever found out what we were doing, he and I would go to jail for the rest of our lives. Secrets will eat you up. You feel so alone. I want to be able to speak the truth. 
as loud as I have to speak the lie for so long. That is the trailer to Leaving Neverland. Um, that footage of Michael Jackson saying that was kind of eerie. It was very eerie. Um, one of my friends who uh, was kind of watching it uh, with me at work was just kind of pointing out that definitely, whether it's true or not, there definitely was like something odd about Michael Jackson in the way that he did just hang out with these kids um, as a grown man. Um, so there is a lot of debate. And honestly, I haven't watched enough of it to really decide how credible is this because it does seem very one-sided so far. Uh, one of my other friends was bringing up, it'd be really interesting if we heard someone in the documentary um, say, yeah, none of these stories are true. Um, one-sided being the side that's against him or for him? He, or like like still uh, for him, him, or maybe not even for him, but at least just saying these stories aren't true, like these right. never happen. Because um, there definitely are those people. Those people do exist. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that voice in the documentary. Um, it's a lot, it's just, it's, it's like the difference between the fire festival documentaries, um, between Netflix and Hulu where Netflix was literally paid for the company that, um, are paid and produced by the company that worked with Billy McFarland, but didn't like Billy McFarland. And so it was literally like, we're going to make a documentary telling you about how bad he is versus the Hulu one had that info on that side, but then they also had interviews from Billy McFarland um, that were very um, not skewed, that they just let you watch the interviews and make your own opinion. Yeah, on it was how just he informative. Was um, it was more informative. And if this documentary was more in the lines of that, again, maybe it does get to that, but so far I haven't seen that, and I also don't feel like that's the tone they're going for. What is the it, tone? The tone really for? does feel like it's... Uh, we just want to completely defame and not even defame because it's probably true, but like we want to just share these horrible stories um, about how horrible he was to me as a kid. Um, you know what I mean? Mm. So it does seem more one-sided. Uh, I, I want to play a clip that I found really interesting that I've seen so far. Here's that. Jackson. Let me give some context real quick. So <laughs> this kid's uh, recounting um, how he he was in a Pepsi commercial that Michael Jackson was in. Okay. And so it starts. This clip begins with. Um, oh, this is a Pepsi commercial. The Pepsi commercial. Yeah. I met Michael on the set of the Pepsi commercial. I don't remember being. A huge fan. I was at the time. I was probably more into like Voltron and Transformers. <laughs> this kid wanders around backstage and he discovers the dressing room. And um, he goes in there and he sees the the jackets and the hats and the glasses and all that. And I'm trying it on. And then Michael walks in and. And he says, Looking for me? They were trying to get my reaction on camera the first time I saw him. So first time I see him is actually the shot that they use in the commercial. 
he invited me into his um, trailer. This was exciting for Jimmy, and I didn't want to be in his way. I wanted Jimmy to have fun and have a good day. So I let Jimmy go in his trailer, Michael's trailer, with Michael's hairstylist and makeup artist, Karen. And I stayed outside. What she said to me was, he's like a nine-year-old little boy. So that made me feel comfortable. How do you explain Michael Jackson? <laughs> he's larger than life. Uh, that uh, last, that female voice in there was the mother of the boy, or the guy who was saying when he was a kid and he was in that commercial. Oh my um, God. So even the mother was like, like it, 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 like both mothers, like both mothers of the kids are in the documentary and they shared their story of like how you, you could tell she's like, mm, why is he going to the trailer with Michael Jackson? And then. Yeah, but she still Someone, allowed him like, to go still in allowed there. It because she's like, oh, maybe it's fine. He's he just is like a little nine year old boy. Maybe this was before the entire str- yeah, Stranger Danger def- initiative. Yeah, probably that as well. Because when did that even start up? That was probably mm, when we were 90s, young, late nineties. I think it's early two thousands, or maybe it is early nineties. Yeah. Um, so even the family didn't really know what to do. Um, it, it really is an interesting documentary, and if you have HBO, HBO Go, HBO Now, whatever, um, I would recommend checking it out. Um, try to just go in with no frame of mind. Um, I feel like this isn't uh, one of those documentaries that you really do have strong opinions about anyways. It's just something um, that people have known about. Known but about, but like no kinda... one's like, this documentary, like, doesn't come from a lot of like audiences who are like, oh yeah, I feel so strongly about this. You know what I mean? It's like when people think of what's the thing, what's the first thing you think of when you think of Michael Jackson, and they go, oh, moonwalk, or oh, music, not oh, he did all that to kids, even though people knew that he yeah. did or may have. So this documentary might start up new feelings, new strong feelings about how much someone may not like Michael Jackson, um, but I feel like. Yeah there aren't those feelings quite as much yet as compared to most other topics that documentaries bring up. So, um, but if you do have those strong feelings, try and go in with an open mind. I think that's always important, no matter what sort of media you watch, um, no matter what it's about, no matter what side you're on, uh, always watch from the context that it was given and watch with an open mind. I think that is very important. Um, I agree. Um, and yeah, not even like I'm not even saying because like you never know you might change your mind. You may not, and that is totally okay. Mm-hmm. You have a, a right to your opinion. You have a right to um, have whatever side you want, and you don't. You have a right to not change your mind. But you're also, in my opinion, I feel like you're just ruining your experience of watching entertainment or watching media by sitting in there all like. Huffity, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's a fine line between keeping an open mind about different things and then just, yeah, just you know, because then like, arrogance. why are you watching it? Yeah, the, if you're watching really something your to get angry about it, you're wasting your time. Exactly. Um, that's but some that's, people do it. Yeah. Which some is people do it. An and anomaly. If, if they really do want to, if the, if they enjoy watching something to get angry about it, fine. 
I I don't understand it myself, but I also can't judge if you choose that. Right. Maybe I just maybe I don't know. It's a peculiar train um, of thought. Yeah. Is all. So check it out. Uh, I'm not going to talk more about this documentary because I haven't seen it all, and so I'm not as educated on the topic. But <coughs> what I can what what this kind of leap pads into is a more broader discussion of what I was saying about how this documentary could create new feelings about uh, how much you like Michael Jackson. And now I feel like there are a lot of people who, after seeing this documentary, are going to boycott listening to his music. Radio stations have already done it. Simpsons have done it. Um, <clears throat> and it brings up this question of... Uh, as I, I've brought up several times on this podcast, separating the art from the artist, can it be done, can it not be done? Um, we've seen it with like Manchester by the Sea after uh, Casey Affleck's allegations against him. Um, what were those allegations? Uh, they were uh, uh, female actresses coming up for sexual assault or harassment, uh. at least. Um, uh, so there, you have that. That was a big thing that really started the art from the artist debate. Um, and then you just have Kevin Spacey and Rip. so on and so forth. Uh, Rip his career. Exactly. And so my question for you is, Mike, can you separate the art from the artist? Totally can. Um, I, <laughs> you said Kevin Spacey. <laughs> I, I honestly, I love him as an actor. And I was really, really, truly disappointed to hear about all those allegations. And if I'm being completely honest, I loved him as an actor as well. He's so I think him and Baby Driver <laughs> is an outstanding performance. Oh, he does so um, many good stuff, too. Like, have you seen 21? Uh, no, I've The not. movie about counting cards? Oh, he's phenomenal in that, and, too. And he's not phenomenal in House of Cards, but he is still pretty good. I still, um, That's the one I haven't seen. <laughs> I, I've watched an, uh, like... A little bit of the first episode and here and there of other episodes, so like yeah, I'm I mean, familiar with it. By the end of the day, these people are just human beings, and sometimes people do things like sexually assault people or, or women or abuse people. It, it's it's just I don't know. And it's hard to believe that these kind of people do that, but they're just they're just human beings, you know. And. I agree with that, but also I don't think we should be defending these actions. Oh, I'm not defending but it But I at think all. we definitely can look at it as career versus person. Yeah. You can say, I love that movie. That So, like, for instance, let's say Baby Driver. I love Baby Driver. Me too. It is a phenomenal movie written and directed by Edgar Wright, and he does and a phenomenal... And scored. Uh, he does phenomenal work, and I love supporting his... Edgar Wright's film, so I love Baby Driver. A lot of people hear, would hear me say that and be like, you love Baby Driver, so you like Kevin Spacey? And that's not at all what I'm saying. I can like a movie, and yes, I think Kevin Spacey, as an actor, not even that, as a character in the film, I think that character is done really well. Yeah, That's not me saying I like Kevin Spacey as a person. Because I, I don't... I haven't met him in real life, yeah. so I can only see how he plays this one role in this two-hour film. Yeah. If I'm being totally honest, I'm go- <laughs> I'll probably still listen to Michael Jackson even if I- after I watch this documentary because he makes great music, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Worldly, lo- worldly beloved music, and he's become such a musical icon that 
I mean, I I I get that people will not want to listen to it for after for a while after seeing this documentary, but I don't think in the long run it's going to change opinions permanently. Yeah, you don't think so? I don't think so at all. Um I I see where you're getting with that, and I guess I would agree that it probably won't change cuz just he has built such a such a fan base and people still supported his music before this documentary it was still known that like there were those trials like 10 years ago or obviously before he passed away how long has it been since he passed away oh uh, i think it was um, like i don't know it's been um, a good 15 years 15 years yeah so even like with those trials going on like so we it was common knowledge that Oh, he he did some weird stuff with these kids, and like Family Guy made jokes about it. So it was kind of knowledge before this documentary, and uh, hate um no one's really boycotted. So um, I don't know if I I agree with you that I don't know if this documentary will change things, and and in the long run it really shouldn't because art from artist, right? Yeah, like Manchester by the Sea. I'll be honest, Casey Affleck in the movie, as an actor, as a character, I think he does really good, but I'm also not like, oh my goodness, he like, uh, he did win Best Actor for that role. I don't know if he really uh, needed that role. I think there were some better people up for that same award. Um, but uh, when I support Manchester by the Sea, I'm really mostly supporting Kevin Fonergan and his writing because I think the script... Um, no matter who's cast in those characters, just the script alone, I think, is so perfectly written and um, it's it just so well thought out. And I really do appreciate that. And then how he directs and how he told the story. So um, even even as a, a cinematography point of view, I think visually it's a very pleasing movie. It's just very blue and... Uh, smooth, like the camera works very smooth. Um, you have beautiful landscapes, so it's also just a cool movie to watch. Um, not just the only scenes I've seen from that are the one where he's talking to yeah. whatever uh, Michelle, girl Williams. Had, Michelle Williams, <coughs> and then the the scene with the piece of classical music in the beginning. Yeah. Oh wait, the one I was playing the other week yeah that that's one. not even the beginning that's, that's not like, the beginning that's like 20 minutes in oh okay the scene where uh, he he finds out about the house fire yeah the house fire um but the beginning does start out with classical music and it is just landscapes of um the sea um the manchester sea yeah no what sea was that it's just is that manchester is it's in massachusetts so wouldn't that just be like or wait is that massachusetts Right? <laughs> I'm just being so dumb right now with cities. Yeah, right? Um, hey, Siri, where is Manchester located? <laughs> this is I horrible. I found it. Here's Manchester, England. Oh. Now, wow, there is a Manchester, Manchester. England, but a different one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel so stupid right now. I'm probably going to have to cut this out of the podcast. So. To, uh, I just want to correct myself. Michael Jackson passed away in 2009. And the trials so of Michael years. Jackson, yeah, oh. about ten years. Wow, exactly, actually. Yeah, wow. And then the trials were in two thousand four and two thousand five, so just a few years before his death. That's insane, actually. 
Oh, New Hampshire. Uh. <laughs> just in New Hampshire. There um, it is. I knew I knew Massachusetts sound, sounded wrong. Um, oh, wait. But what does this mean? Manchester by the Sea. Massachusetts. A web, there's a website called Manchester by the Sea, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. All right, this is a conspiracy. I am. This is wild. Um, <laughs> what is happening? I, I don't know. We are Wait. so off track. Uh, we're going to move on. Uh, what I'm looking forward to this week is a segment that I don't know what I'm looking forward to this week. There have been like break. no, and I think I was I was gonna completely skip. Yeah, I am looking forward to spring break, <laughs> but uh, I was gonna skip this segment because I didn't have anything. But then I was like, mm, actually, that'd just be something interesting to bring up. There's like nothing right now that I'm like I gotta see that. Captain Marvel came out yesterday, but I honestly have no drive to see that. Um, I kind of want to see it, but not in the th- not where I'm like I need to get to the theaters now. I I'll wait till it's out on Netflix or I Disney X. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, yeah, sometime soon. I can tell you what I'm excited for. What are you looking forward to? I a few days ago I so I told you that I got the Lord of the Rings Blu-ray trilogy director's cut <laughs> yes. um, extended edition, um, which I've been watching. I'm on the first half of Return of the King right now. And with this week came so perfectly the reveal for um, the Tolkien movie. Um, it's got, I don't know the actor's name. It's the guy who plays Beast in the, the uh, X-Men movies. Um, the human version of Beast without, before the CGI. It's about uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's life. Oh. And, you know, he wrote the Lord of the Rings book. Yeah. Right? Um, and then I think on campus there's... Um, some texts from yeah. those movies that are in yeah, the from libraries. the Hobbit, isn't it? From the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Oh, I think there's both. They have the manuscripts, yeah. <coughs> yeah, the manuscripts. Um, and it's just a book about or a movie about his life, and he was in World War One, and um, a lot of his inspiration came from his experiences in the war. Um, Interesting. And from childhood and childhood trauma and all those all that stuff, um, it's got. Uh, I I don't know the actors right now, but it's coming out in early or uh, early twenty twenty. Right. Um, so it's it's pretty early in development, but um, I'm really excited about it. I'm a huge fan of J.R.R. Tolkien and Lord of the Rings. It's probably my favorite. Is he also movie Game trilogy. of Thrones? Right. Uh. No. Who did Game of Thrones? Is that C.S. Lewis? No. No, that's not C.S. Lewis. That, uh, I, mm, I should know this, but I don't. I'll Google it real quick. It's uh, George R.R. R. Oh, Martin. George R.R. Martin. Yeah. So Different R.R. J.R.R. Tolkien, George R.R. Martin. Martin. Is that like a thing that when you write fantasy novels, you have to... It's got to have that R, that double R in there. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But I am super pumped for it. I I like the the choice of actor and the love interest. I guess I think um, it's going to be great. I'm super pumped for it. Well, moving on then, also to song pick of the week. Uh, this week I want to bring attention to a song that's been out for a few weeks now, and that is "Bury a Friend" by Billy 
Eilish. Uh, did I pronounce that right? Eilish? Billie Eilish. Eilish? There we go. Like eyelash, but Eilish. It, it's got this creepy vibe, yet I just can't help putting it on loop. Um because it's it it's the, it is truly that creepy vibe, but also just this great beat. Um, but also, being a film review podcast, I had to at least mention the music video, which in of in of itself could be like a th- thriller film, um, made by like A twenty four or Blumhouse Productions. It really, um, in an interview of Hot Ones with Billie Eilish, they even asked. I was just gonna ask you that. <laughs> they asked, would you? What what would a Billie Eilish horror film look like if if you ever got into um, making films? And she said, probably the Barry Friend music video. <laughs> um, so you can listen to it on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. And that is my song pick of the week. Can you believe that she is 17 years old, Billie Eilish? She's so young. I, it surprises me. It's crazy. Me. I, and her brother is her producer is uh, that right is that what it is th- uh or or See, co-creator i, don't, I or don't like i think he makes the beats and then she makes the i don't beats. know I about know she, her music as well so she, her and her I, know, I just know that her and her brother have some musical connection and they're both located out of los angeles uh we were also while we were listening to this song spotify has friend activity and um, one of my friends was listening to Bloodline, and we were just talking about that whole album uh, of itself, and we're like, what's your favorite song? And they're like, probably Needy. And I'm like, yeah, Needy's pretty good. That or NASA. And I'm like, oh, but can't forget about Break Up With Your Girlfriend. And then Mike's like, oh. oh Seven Rings uh, is good, too. Seven Rings. Oh, and Thank You, Next. But really, it's just the whole <laughs> album. The whole latest Thank You, Next album by Ariana Grande is so good. It's very nice. It's so good. And I did not get that into Sweetener, but th- this one I really... Yeah, I, sw- I yeah. passed up Sweetener. Yeah. This one I enjoy. She is <laughs> number one in the world for Spotify monthly listeners. I, She's got fifty, almost 57 million. It does not surprise me. It doesn't surprise me either. And I'm just happy to say that I was an early follower of Ariana Grande as I actively watched Victorious. Victorious. <laughs> When she Jinx. played Cat. Yeah. And then I I even tried to give Sam and Cat a chance. I didn't. I tried. I, I saw like YouTube clips and that was like, I oh, cared God. enough of Ariana Grande <laughs> and Jeanette McCurdy to be like, well, give them a chance. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to. They say that the iCarly Victorious uh, mashup was the greatest crossover in anime history. Anime history? Anime history. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, In all of history. Well, you know, we're just going to bring that to an end. Mike, thank you for that interesting point. That's all we have for this week. As always, make sure to follow Real Talk on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And leave a, leave a review to help attract new listeners. Greatly appreciate it. Those really help. Thank you for listening. Thank and I'll, you. I'll see you again next week. Yeah.